Do you struggle with the gap in the back? That's when your pants fit in the hips, but there's a big old gap at the back of the waist. I know this is a problem for lots and lots of women. And today I'm sharing my interview with a woman who's made it her life's work to create clothes that eliminate the dreaded gap in the back. If you are a pair or an hourglass, this is a must listen episode. But even if you're not, even if you've never experienced or even heard of the gap in the back, keep listening because today's guest dropped so much knowledge that even I learned a lot about clothes and fit and I know you will too. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, the show that gives real life style advice to real women. If you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary. I'm a wardrobe stylist who's been dressing everyday women for over 20 years. And I'm the founder of Everyday Style, where we're on a mission to inspire women to love the way they look and give you the tools to make getting dressed easy. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. I just love having you with me. And thank you for going on this four-year-long journey with me. Friends, I am so excited to bring you this interview. A few months ago, today's guest, Neha Samdaria, reached out to me to be on the show, and I thought it would be great to talk to a woman who started a clothing label specifically for hourglass and pear-shaped women. And I knew our listeners who have those body shapes would get a lot out of it, but I honestly did not expect to get all of the knowledge that Neha brought. I was blown away. We covered so much from the history of sizing charts and why they don't work today to how to tell if a garment is high quality, even if you're buying online. We talked about starting a clothing line during a pandemic and her experience being in India during the devastating Delta wave, as well as Neha's data-driven approach to fit, which as a data nerd, I loved. Before I share our conversation, let me introduce Neha Samdaria. Neha is the founder of Am, the first fashion label to cater exclusively to women with hourglass shapes. She grew up struggling to find clothes that could fit both her hips and her waist and founded Am for women just like her. She started noodling on the idea when she was at Stanford getting her MBA, but didn't launch until a few years later after speaking to women all over the country about their fit issues. Today, Om has just a 3% return rate that's unheard of and glowing reviews from its community of women. By the way, 3% is crazy low. Industry is about 20 to 25%. So wow. I hope you love this conversation and I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Enjoy. Hi, Neha. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me on. I am really excited for this conversation because I feel like anything we can do to make style easier for women and make it easier for women to be successful and love the way that they look, I think is a wonderful thing. And you are out there, you are doing it. So... Let's just start off by telling us a little bit about your brand. If people aren't familiar with Om, the label, what is the aesthetic? What do you do? Tell us all about it. Yeah, so Om is a fashion label that is focused entirely on women who have a curvy bottom shape. So meaning they have fuller hips and thighs than the average standard 
size chart. About one in four American women have this body type, um, and they struggle a lot to find clothes that fit, especially pants and bottoms that fit them. Um, I have this body type. I've grown up my whole life being two sizes bigger on the bottom than I am on the top, and it's impossible to find clothes that fit correctly. And so I founded Um for women like me, and we launched last year with a line of trousers. And this year we're launching skirts, and we're going to be growing into more categories in the future. That is amazing, especially skirts, because I feel like, you know, I was I started as a one on one wardrobe stylist in 2012, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I saw the progression of of more brands offering curvy styles. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. I don't not all of them do it very well, but there's definitely more out there to choose from. But skirts, skirts Mm -hmm. were always and, you know, my curvy clients. And by the way, I just want to pause for a second and talk about what curvy means. Yeah. Because I am so, and if, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that curvy is a shape, not a size. You can be a size two and be curvy. You can be a 22 and be curvy and you can be a two and have no curves or a 22 and have no curves. So we need to put this idea of curvy is a size to bed. It's confusing and frankly insulting that we have to come up with a different word for women who wear a different size. I hate it. So anyway, that's what we're talking about when we talk about curvy. So let's just let's just set the stage. But my curvy clients who often look really good in skirts mm-hmm. couldn't find any that worked, especially, you know, when we were wearing fitted skirts, pencil skirts, straight skirts. It was just a losing battle. It was really hard, really hard. Yeah. And I think you're right in that, like, there are some, especially denim brands have started like sort of launching these curvy uh, shaped collections like Everlane and Good American. But beyond sort of denim, you know, there's, it's really tough to find. um, And I'm getting tons of inbounds, even just from women in swimwear or underwear, you know, being like, how I can't find any underwear that fits my body. I can't find any swim bottoms that fit my body. So Lots of opportunity. So I think that it that is a huge hole in the market is underwear for specific body shapes. And I did an episode on that. You and I could like start like an offshoot brand because I have the opposite of a curve of, of a pear body. I'm an apple where mm. I've got no butt. I have no hips, mm-hmm. but I got plenty of belly. Like that's my problem. So underwear don't work the same for me as they do for my curvy bottom sisters. And yeah. Underwear are so key because they make everything you wear, they really make a difference. They make it look yeah. better or not yeah. so much better, right? Yeah. And it's it's like the foundation, literally, of your wardrobe. And yet, we have this one-shape-fits-all approach. Yeah. Huge yeah. hole in the market. I hope that that is on like your design plan, on your, your future <laughs> state ideas that yeah. you can solve for at least at least some women. So uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, was this a hole that you saw in the market or was this something that you grew up dealing with? And I would imagine growing up, you kind of predated companies getting it together, right? Like, <laughs> like there was nothing out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, um, it's a little bit of both. So I grew up definitely like, you know, as I became a teenager and and went through puberty and my hips grew in size, I really struggled for most of my teen years and through my twenties to find bottoms that fit me correctly. And, you know, I think people underestimate the mental toll it takes on you. Um, I was a size two on the top. So by no means was I, 
you know, overweight. Um, but I just constantly felt like there's something wrong with my body and that, you know, I, because I had to, you know, I was, I was, I was extra small on the top and I was a large on the bottom. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the sort of mental shift that happened was when I was in my late twenties, um, I, I went on a trip to Rwanda. So I, I, I went on a school, business school trip to, to Rwanda and I, on my last day there, I was shopping and I went into the store and every single piece in that store, just off the rack was fitting me perfectly. And I asked the store owner, I was like, what is going on? Because I've never had this experience in my life. And he was like, oh, we just don't use American size charts. They don't work for women in our country who are naturally curvier. So we just developed our own size charts that have a curvier shape on the bottom. And for me, that was like the light bulb moment of, wow, this is not, it's not my problem. There's something wrong with size charts in this country. They're not made for my body. And so that was sort of the instigator. And I, and, you know, I went back and I immediately started working on developing a fresh size chart that was going to be made based on the bodies of women who have a curvier bottom shape. That is amazing. And I am so glad that you brought up the mental weight of not being able to find clothes that work well for you. I've shared my story so many times that growing up as an apple, I didn't understand like why clothes didn't work for me the same way they worked for my friends. And I thought if I just lost weight, if I, because I've always struggled with my weight, but if I just lost weight, if I worked out more, if I were this, if I were that. And when I realized that it was literally just my body shape. Yeah. And one thing we say here often is it's not you, it's the pants. It's not you, it's the pants. But when you struggle for so long, so long to find clothes that just fit you easily, that don't require a ton of rigging or tailoring or whatever, they just fit you. You're like, oh, look at that, I am cute, look at that. And <laughs> so I hope you understand like what, what a service you're giving women beyond clothes, right? It, being able to find clothes that work for you I always say it's God's work, right? Like you are doing, you are doing the good, you're doing the good work. So talk to me about starting a fashion label, because I think a lot of women have this idea, like we should have, I should start an underwear brand for, you know, for specific shapes, or wouldn't it be great if we had this and everyone has this idea, like, oh, I should do that. Or maybe not everyone, maybe that's just how my mind works, but you then did it. So Mm -hmm. talk to us through that process. Like, where do you even start? Yeah. So I had no fashion background. Um, so I studied science in undergrad and then I went to business school. So where I was sort of approaching this problem or why I found it interesting was at its root, the sizing and the fit problem is a data problem. There's bad data. The size charts that we use in this country are based off of a 1939 study. They went around surveying around 10,000 women and they made a lot of assumptions uh, on the measurements that they took of these women in, to, in order to develop modern day sizes. So one of the assumptions they made are that women are perfectly hourglass. Um, and we know today that only about 8% of the population is hourglass. So um, they made that assumption and they used that to develop standardized sizes. And now almost, uh, almost a full century later, like almost a hundred years later, uh, we're still using those, that, that flawed sizing system. So where I got excited about it was like, wow, it's really bad data. And if I go back to the root cause and if I build a fresh data set with women who represent our country today, who exist really here today, 
I could solve this problem. So that part was really exciting and sort of came to me intuitively. Now, now I went into, okay, now I have to design, I have to design a product. I have to design clothes and I have no experience in designing clothes. And so the first thing I sort of did, and this was just before the pandemic hit. So I built Om during the pandemic, but just, yeah, which was a whole other thing. But um, just before the pandemic hit, I started taking sewing classes just to familiarize myself with, okay, what is a pattern? How are pieces constructed? Um, How can I make, I took a couple of mending and alterations classes. So if something is too big, how do you make it smaller? If something is too tight in a particular place, how can you loosen it? And then I quit my job and when the pandemic hit and I'd I'd gathered sort of enough data to feel really confident that, okay, this is an idea worth pursuing. I left my job. Um, I made sure I I had enough savings in the bank and we can get into the specifics of that. I have had conversations, very detailed conversations with women about how you sort of make a financial plan and you make sure that you're secure for the next 18 to 24 months before sort of taking the leap full time. So I did that. And, um, I actually went on the ground because we were in a pandemic and I knew I wouldn't be able to fly things back and forth. So I went on the ground in India in the middle of the pandemic and I started developing my product there because I knew I wanted to get it produced there. So, wow. okay. What yeah. was that like? Let's, let's pause your story. And, and what was that like? <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, wow. It was really intense. Um, it's so easy to forget that experience, but it was, it was in the middle of the Delta wave when India was getting completely destroyed by coronavirus. Um, so I would say, you know, the beginning part was was sort of fun and easy. I think like I hired a designer who's, who's he's still my designer to this day out there, a super talented kid. He like graduated top of his class in design school and I hired him right out of school. And then we sort of, you know, went to like the hillsides and and the places where organic cotton is grown, where these like textiles and fabrics are grown. And we met with the mill owners um, and we sort of like sourced the fabric from its origin. We only work with sustainable natural fabrics. um, So, you know, that was really important to me. and, And I knew that India was sort of a hub for that. So we did that. So that part was sort of fun. And then as the, as the pandemic, you know, sort of, took hold, all of that came to a pause, right? We stopped traveling, we stopped moving around. I actually lost a member of my supply chain to coronavirus. He passed away and several of the other people in my supply chain lost their direct family members. So they lost parents, um, they lost siblings, one of them lost their partner. And so in the summer of 2021, when the Delta wave was sort of had taken India by hold and every person was impacted. I mean, I personally know six people. I personally, like who I, who I know very well passed away from coronavirus um, in India. I just paused and I was like, look, I, I get that I'm a CEO. I'm trying to build a company, but this is not the time. And I had to shift gears from being, you know, the CEO who like wants to meet deadlines and, you know, is pushing forward to being like an ear and supporting my supply chain team and just being like, you know, are you guys okay? Can I support you in any way? Um, you know, not to stop paying them to, to, you know, still guarantee that we'll continue working once we're allowed to get back in. And so that was a very tough three to four months where everything in our supply chain just paused. And we actually ended up launching our business four months later because of that. But it was important to do it because there was no way to, I mean, people were really struggling at that time. Yeah. It was just the right thing to do. Maybe not, yeah. the, you know, not the 
goal-oriented career builder. It was just <laughs> the right thing to do. And sometimes those are, it's tough to do, but it's, it's, it's the right thing. Yeah. It's the right thing. And I think, um, you know, in the long term, it pays off. I mean, all of those partners have stuck by us, um, you know, even two years later, we still we have so much trust and faith with them um, because we went through that really difficult time together. So. So, yeah. So first we, you know, sort of did the design work and then we sourced the fabric. Um, we moved into sampling and production. And one thing that we did, um, which I would say is really important if you're interested in solving a problem like this in the fashion industry is to do really rigorous fit testing. So what most brands will do is they will fit test one size. Typically, it's a smaller, medium size. And then to get to the remaining sizes, they just add two inches, add two inches, add two inches to the measurements, or they subtract to get to the smaller measurements. And that's why you'll notice like a size small fits someone perfectly in a brand. And then you get to an extra large and somehow the fit is all wonky because they never tested the fit at that size. Or how bigger sizes automatically mean you're taller. That's my favorite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, so making sure that you fit test across sizes and you test on real women. So we tested on real women across the US that I had recruited. Um, and we we went through multiple rounds. I mean, for some of our styles, we went through 13 rounds of fit testing to really make sure the fit was right. Um and then once you know your fit is correct, then you go into inventory production. And then the final step, which I also tell people, is you have to get everything audited, um, especially if you're producing internationally. But I would say even within the U.S. And there are third-party auditing firms um, that will come in and they check every single piece. They check it for the seam strength to make sure the pants are durable. They check to make sure the measurements are correct, that there's no issues with the fabric. Like They check every single piece. And that's what we do. And then once the pieces pass checks, so if they're 100% approved, then they come to the U.S. and then we sell them here. So like a really simple, easy process. Anyway, <laughs> anyone can do it in just a couple months. Okay, so you talked about data and you talked about all the fit testing. But one thing I found really interesting when, when before we were setting up the interview was all the women you talked to beforehand to build like your size charts. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, this was something I did. The, the, you know, it was like a blessing that we were all work from home and we had so much free time on our computer. So I was able to conduct um, a couple hundred virtual interviews with women all over the US. And I just recruited them. Um, some of them were like, friends of friends of friends through networks. Some of them, many of them were just off of Craigslist. Like I just put up a Craigslist post in that city um, and then set up a virtual call. And just, you know, I did a lot of virtual closet tours. I talked to women about what problems they're facing when they shop. Where do they see sort of the biggest gaps in their closet? What are they looking for? And part of the reason I did this is because, you know, way back when in 2020, when I was thinking about I actually wasn't sure that I would launch a fashion label because there are many ways to, you know, sort of approach the fit issue. Like I could have launched a, one idea I was noodling around with was a software solution or an app that would plug in with existing brands. And so you could like, you know, log on and you could say, okay, I'm thinking of buying this pair of jeans from Levi's. Is it going to fit me? And it, it has all of your data and it, it, it'll tell you like, oh, it, you know, it's an 80% match for your shape or it's a, you know, it's a 20% match for your shape. So I had all, I had many ideas. I had done like so much brainstorming. And after talking to all these women, I realized that they just wanted a brand. They just wanted like one place they could go. They're like, we don't need these fancy tech solutions. Yeah. I just want one store where I can go and be like, 
with confidence, I feel safe that this place is going to, it's going to fit my body. And so that's, that's how I decided to launch a fashion label. I think every woman listening to this is like, yes, that's all we want. Because you've <laughs> see, we've seen some of those, those, the, the software, the, will this fit me virtual fit tester? <laughs> But like the size charts are so off. Like there's no rhyme or reason that I feel, I feel like women are really distrustful of any of those solutions. We just want to know like, will it fit? Will it fit? And with all of the online shopping, which we're going to get down into in just a little bit, with all of the online shopping, you, you even want more confidence, right? Like we're just kind of tired of ordering and crossing our fingers. That's kind of, we're, we're done. We're done with that. So what did you hear from women other than they just, just give me the solution, just give me the end product. What were some of the biggest complaints they had? Sort of the big category that emerged was bottoms. And within bottoms, they said, you know, it's really difficult for me to find pants in particular. And, and they had identified, you know, a couple of brands that were doing it. So they, I, I got a lot of folks saying like, I can find some brands in denim, although the fit is still kind of wonky, but I can find a few. And then a lot of women talked about Fashion Nova. And this is not to throw Fashion Nova under the bus at all. I do think that like a lot of women who are, who have a curvier bottom shape do tend to shop there. But the reason that Fashion Nova is able to cater to that body type is they just put a high degree of stretch in everything. So it can, con- you know, it stretches, it contours to your shape. Um, but if you look at their size charts, there's no innovation at that foundational level. Like they're, they're not doing anything different from a sizing perspective. And so they did, you know, even the women who, who shopped at Fashion Nova said, well, you know, I can wear that out. I can wear that to go out with my girlfriends, but I can't wear that to work. I can't wear that in a professional setting. And some of my happiest moments at Om have been when customers have written in being like, hey, I just wore your pants to a board meeting. Hey, I just wore your pants at a conference. And it's like, you know, I love that you feel you feel confident wearing our pieces in these really high power settings. So that was sort of one thing that emerged. And then there were a lot of smaller details that also came out that eventually ended up in our pants. Like we asked things about what features are really important to you machine washability was like at the top. Like I will just not, I just don't want anything that's not machine washable anymore. Um, Sustainability was a lot, it was important to a lot of women. Um, And in general, they wanted breathable, natural fabrics. So fabrics that felt really good on the skin. So that's part of the reason that, you know, we ended up going down the natural fabric route instead of looking into some higher stretch sort of um, synthetic fibers. I would say like aesthetically, Am is quite focused on or it, it's it's um it's a representation of my aesthetic, which is very clean and minimalist and simple, and really focused on like quality, construction, and fit. Mm-hmm. But that was also something we were getting from those interviews, where women were saying like, you know, for pa- when it comes to pants, I don't need like all the bells and whistles. I just want like a really well constructed piece that makes me feel like I'm at the top of my game. Like I want to feel really good when I put it on. And so those kinds of like emotions and and sort of aesthetic tidbits are also what we gathered from the interviews. Pants are so hard for women, right? Mm-hmm. Just in general. And when I was a one-on-one stylist, when I would go to do a closet edit, I pulled out all the pants first. We were going through the pants. And I say that if you fix your pants, you fix your wardrobe. Women have cute tops, right? Tops aren't that yeah. hard. They're yeah. not nearly as difficult as as bottoms and especially pants are. But 90% of a wardrobe problem can be fixed with better pants. 
Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, if you have that perfect pair of black or tan trousers, you can throw in anything and you feel dressed for anything. So, yeah, we don't need 50 different pairs of pants. We just need a few that are perfect, (laughs) a few that are perfect. Well, it sounds like the women that you talked to were pretty much right in line with with everything I've heard for the last 20 years from women. Like, I just want it to fit. I just want it to fit. So let's talk about shopping a little bit more, especially online shopping. And we talked about the limitations of these software (laughs) applications that will tell you if it fits or not and uh, the challenges of online shopping. Do you have any tips for women to make online shopping more successful, either curvier women or non-curvy women? What do you got? Yeah. So for curvier women in particular, I would just say um, for for folks who are, you know, bottom heavy, um, the most important two measurements you're going to want to look at are the waist and hip. And you really, you want to pay attention to those things in the size guide. Um, What most brands do is um, this is getting a little bit technical, but I think it's important. What most brands do is they use a absolute value difference between the hip and the waist. So they'll put a 10 to 12 inch difference. So they'll take the waist measurement, add 10 to 12 inches, that becomes the hip measurement. And that'll be true for extra small all the way up to their higher sizes. If you think about that, that's bizarre, right? Because a 10 to 12 inch difference in an extra small size is quite a curvy Mm -hmm. shape. And then as you get bigger, a 10 to 12 inch difference is much more straight. And so they are catering to totally different shapes at the two ends of their spectrum. So I would say, you know, look at your size and look at those waist and hip measurements um, and make sure that they are aligning at least within half or, or one inch of what your body measurements are. Um, what we do at Om is we we use a waist to hip ratio. So we have a we do the waist divided by the hip, and we keep that ratio constant across all the sizes, so that we cater to that shape, whether you're an extra small or an extra large. But I think there are very few brands who are doing that. So I would just pay attention to those measurements at your size. And then in general, you know, even if you're not, regardless of your shape, I think some things to look out for um, are stretch. Um, and I think. Uh, not all stretch is treated equally. I think the percentage, the amount of stretch is really important to pay attention to. So 2% stretch is something like, you know, a nice comfortable work trouser, three to 4% stretch is like a stretchy jean. And then 10% stretch is going to give you like a legging. So when you're looking at the fabric composition, pay, pay really close attention to the amount of stretch. Cause that's actually going to tell you how that'll feel on your body. I also like, I can't stress enough. I I'm a big fabric nerd, like pay attention to the fabric with retouching being and photography being as good as it is today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, <laughs> it's just hard to tell the difference between a $20 pant and a hundred dollar pant. Um, but one of the biggest places that you'll see it online is in the fabric choice. And so I would say, you know, breathable, high quality fabrics like cotton, linen, tensile, tensile is like my new favorite fabric right now. My favorite. I'm obsessed. It's it. so good. It feels so good on the skin. It's machine washable. It's just, it's it amazing. It drapes so well. It, oh, drapes I love it. so well. I love it. Yeah. You know, I would pick those over, over, uh, you know, nylons and polyesters. Or, I mean, it's okay if you buy nylon polyester, but just be aware before you're buying it so that you're not surprised when you, you know, when you receive it. I would also pay really close attention to the silhouette. So very rarely are the models that you see on websites, you know, representative of, of how, 
of how we look. <laughs> um, and so the way it drapes on them is probably not going to be the way it drapes on you. Also a little known fact, um, as someone who's now learned a lot more about the industry, um, a lot of times the pieces that they make for models, those are actually called model fit samples and they make them specific to the model's measurements. So you know, they're just not going to look that way on you. So I would pay really close attention to the silhouette specifics. So for example, if you are pear-shaped or, or bottom heavy, you want to make sure it has a high waist. Um, you want to look at the cut of the pants. Um, you want to look at things like pleats. So pleats are really great for women who are apple-shaped, um, right? But uh, for women who are conscious of the width of their hips and thighs, pay really close attention to how those pleats are and are, are they sort of, you know, expanding and opening right at that area where you are, where you might be feeling self-conscious. So I, I would pay really close attention to those types of details. Um, and then the other thing, and, and some brands are starting to do this now is um, pay closer attention to comfort features. So do they have elastic at the waist? Um, you know, one of our designs has an expandable waistband. I know that Everlane um, has come out with a pair of jeans that has like a, has an extra button that you can like clip onto. So do they have any of those features that, um, you know, if it doesn't fit perfectly, you can adjust it. So those are some, some ways that you can, you know, sort of improve the online shop. And of course, reviews, always yes. look at reviews. Yeah. I encourage women to read reviews like a detective. Right. And I you always use the example. There was one time I was reading, I was looking at these pants. I'm like, oh, those look really great. But the reviews were terrible. They were getting like mm. our reviews. And everyone said they're huge in the waist and like so small in the butt. I'm like, that's my perfect pant. Right. So for me, <laughs> yeah. that was a five-star pant. So you yeah. can't just read reviews. You have to read reviews looking for the information that will tell you how it fits you. And I love that stores have started gathering a little bit more information, you know, like what's your body type, blah, blah, blah. I, I actually hate that one because they use curvy as, you know, a size, curvy, not, a a size not, not a shape. Like, what does that even mean? Athletic? What does that mean? <laughs> I, oh, drives me nuts. But I do like that they're getting a little more, giving a little bit more context to that review. But read them. Don't just look at the star rating. Look for the yeah. information that will tell you how will it work for you, not just how it worked for random people that you don't know. And always, ladies, leave reviews, especially women listening to this show. You have a style education. You have words that most people don't know. You have more knowledge than anyone. So go and share that with everyone. Leave reviews for things. You need to have people leave in reviews. So let's talk about online shopping. Let's stay with that for a minute and quality because one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is, where can I buy quality clothes? Where can I buy quality clothes? And I think strictly speaking from like a mall perspective, good luck with that, right? <laughs> and now that all the stores are having 30%, 40% off all the time, they didn't take 30 to 40% from their profits. You know, they raised the price a little, cut the quality and there you go. So what can women do to ensure that they're buying quality pieces. Probably the fabric is is one thing, but how else can yeah. you tell quality online? Online, it's really challenging. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about in-person in a minute or like when you receive the pieces, how mm -hmm. you can know that it's high quality um, if you shop online. So other than reviews, which we've talked about and the fabric, which we've talked about, um, 
just go through the website and see if they even mention quality anywhere. <laughs> like, are they, are they highlighting their quality? Oh, are they talking about it on their product pages? If they're not mentioning it, it is not important to them. Brands spend a lot of time on their messaging hierarchy. And if they're, if it's not at the top of the hierarchy, it's not important to them. That is such good advice. That's that is so good. And that's an easy one. That's an easy one. If they're not talking about their quality, it's for a reason. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I would say when you, whenever you receive your pieces from online um, or if you're shopping in person, the biggest, and this is like a secret that I didn't know until I started, I started building my own fashion label. The secret to quality is in the seams. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you should do is turn your clothes inside out and look at the seams Count the stitches per inch. So a well-constructed, durable piece that's going to last should have at least 10 stitches per inch and higher is better. And you want to check the outer seam, the inner seam, and the crotch area for pants where you you tend to have ripping a lot. Mm -hmm. So 10 stitches per inch means it's going to withstand. You're, you know, you walking around, you sitting in all different positions, you putting it in the washing machine. That's really important. Also look at are the seams straight or are they crooked? Do you see little threads hanging out? The the quality of the seams, and I know this because I've done these negotiations, that is one of the biggest ways in which brands cut costs because customers don't see them. They're on the inside. So as soon as you receive your pieces, I would check that. And then the second thing I would say when you receive a piece is don't compromise on the fit. I'm obviously biased because I've launched an entire brand around fit, but, 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 um, you know, this is how celebrities look so good all the time. They get everything tailored. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying this. Yes. Yeah. That's what makes a piece really look good on your body is making sure that the fit is correct. And if it's not correct, just, just return it. Um, because you're, you're never going to get that like really crisp, beautiful look with an ill-fitted piece. Without a doubt, uh, you know, Stacey and Clinton from What Not to Wear say, if you don't have fit, you don't have style. And one of the biggest things I see with women is women wearing their clothes too big. I, I've, I think I talked about this in my last episode, but there's like this cultural idea that women are all walking around in, stin- in skin tight clothes. But in my experience, everyone was walking around with these like bags of, of fabric underneath <laughs> their armpits and at their hips and it just looks frumpy. It just yeah. looks frumpy. And, yeah. you know, I think even though you can buy clothes that fit you better off the rack, sometimes you got to do a little tailoring, right? Like yeah. I always tell people, get as close as you can off the rack mm-hmm. and then finish it, finish it yeah. the rest of the way with a tailor. Because even, you know, with curvy sizes, that whole like waist hip ratio thing is genius. And I, I guess I'm shocked that that's not how stores do it. I learned it. It is I'm, shocking. It, yeah. I'm, shocked and I learned something new. <laughs> but curvy means different things for different people, right? Like you can be a little bit hourglassy, you can be super hourglassy, you can be a little bit of a pair. So you do the best you can off the rack or offline. And if it's not going to get you there, tailor it. But you're right, don't accept bad fit. Yeah. Because when the time comes, you don't want to put that thing on. You just don't. You just don't. Yeah, that's a that's a great like that's a, that's another closet hack um, that I personally use and I recommend to everyone is to keep track of your keep track of what you're wearing and you can do that very easily with just flipping the hanger. So what I do is like every time I wear a piece, I just flip the hanger 
when I put it back. And at the end of the month, I just look at my closet and I see like, what are the pieces that are flipped? Like I actually wore them. And what are the pieces that I didn't wear? I'm sure a lot of women do this, but, um, you know, I keep going back to the same, like 15, 20 pieces. And then there's this whole chunk of my closet that I never touch. Um, I, because it doesn't fit because it was a low quality piece, whatever it is. So you should, you know, just keep track of that. And it's a really neat way of just doing that. Yeah. I think one thing I've always said to women is when we settle for good enough, you find that good enough isn't good enough. And (laughs) a few months later, like if you're shopping for jeans and you're frustrated and you just go, oh, good enough. And you buy the jeans that you know aren't perfect. They're not even close to perfect. You take them home. A couple months later, you're going to be shopping for jeans again. Yeah. And you've wasted your time. You've wasted your money. You've wasted your closet space on more things that don't solve your problem. Yes. So if fit, if you don't have fit, you don't you start the way, start there, start there. <laughs> I am fascinated though, by the, the stitch count in the seams. That's another thing I learned mm-hmm. today because I've worked in retail. My goodness, I started at 14 and it's yeah. always been when in doubt, turn it inside out right? Like looking for those hanging threads, but I never knew about the stitch count. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the knuckle on your index finger, right, is about one inch. So if Mm. you're in a fitting room, if you're in a fitting room, you don't have a ruler with you, just kind of eyeball it with with your, the first knuckle of your index finger and you'll get there. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. (laughs) I think it's worth talking about too, this is why clothes cost more. Yes. Right? Because your pants aren't, I mean, they're not extravagantly expensive, but they're not loft prices. They're not gap prices. They're higher Mm -hmm. than that. But as I've been listening to you and you're talking about, well, we went to India and we went to the farms and we talked to the people and friends, that's what you're paying for. That's what you're paying for. And we have to get away from this idea that we can have all the clothes that are perfect for us mm-hmm. for $20. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And some things are worth investing in and pants are one of those things because what they do solve, a good pair of pants solves everything. Yeah. But I, I just, can you speak a little bit more on what people are paying for when they're buying from smaller brands, when they're buying from not mass produced clothing? Yeah. So I would say um, there's probably like four things. Um, but the, the most important thing that you're paying for is um, is quality. And, and I, I hesitate, I'm hesitating so much to say this because I don't think all small brands are treated equally. Some of them just uh, charge a high amount of money because they spend a lot of money on marketing. And so they're passing that on to the customer. So I'm talking about small businesses where, you know, you're doing your research on their website. They talk about quality. They talk about sustainability. So those brands are optimizing for certain things that cost more. Simple things like stitches per inch can add 20 to 30% to your, to your production cost. Oh, wow. Just going from like, a, you know, six to eight stitches per inch to going to a 10 to 12 stitches per inch because of how closely they have to follow it. I don't know how many women who are listening to this have had this experience, but sometimes you go to a brand and you try on the same style that you own at home in the same size. And somehow the one you have at home fits perfectly. And the one in the store is just not fitting you. Right. I I have this experience all the time. And the reason for that is tolerance 
or allowance, I think it's called allowance or tolerance. So most brands is another place where they cut costs. They allow for an inch tolerance. And that means that if you have a 28 inch waist, anything from 29 to 27 will be accepted and will be allowed to pass. Now imagine that kind of tolerance on every single measurement, right? So you could end up with a garment that looks fundamentally different than the one you have at home, but it passed checks because their tolerance was that high. So at um, our tolerance is one fourth of an inch. So now if you have one fourth of an inch, you have great consistency of fit across pieces. But of course that costs more money because the person stitching the garment has to be really careful that they're stitching it according to those measurements. So that's another, so these are all, all, you know, the sort of quality aspects that go into a small business um, that is, or it doesn't have to be a small business, but maybe a more premium, a premium brand. And then on the ethics and sustainability side, I would say that um, certifications are really expensive um, for factories to have, and they like to pass that, that cost on to the brands that are working with them. So um, all of the factories that we work with are regularly certified to make sure that there is no forced labor, um, child labor in the factories, that there's ethical working conditions, that they're being paid a fair wage. So to ensure that all of those requirements are met and then to pay the certification costs, they pass those costs of course, a portion of those costs onto us. Um, and so that drives up our production costs. The other thing that I would say, and this is, this is true for small businesses, um, small batch production is expensive. You know, if you order a thousand pieces at a time, it's a lot cheaper, um, than if you order a hundred pieces at a time. Um, and so oftentimes when you're supporting a small business, you're supporting someone who's sort of early in their journey and doesn't have the scale to be creating that much, that many pieces, um, or maybe they don't want to because it's wasteful. Whereas, you know, when you're, when you're working with larger brands like Gap um, or Loft, they, they, they have the scale already so they can drive down their production costs. One more thing I'll just add quickly on the certifications. I think this is really, I just learned about this recently. So it's just really important. I would just check the websites of these companies. Some of them are good, even the larger brands, but um, I would check what kinds of dyes they're using in their clothes. A lot of clothing brands don't check for Azo dyes, A-Z-O. And some Azo dyes are okay, but some of those Azo dyes have been uh, rigorously studied and um, are known carcinogens. And, and, And I mean, extremely carcinogenic, like they've been linked to very specific types of cancer. And I think about, I think the statistic is like two thirds of, um, of garments have some amount of azo dyes in them. So the vast majority of pieces that we're buying, you know, brands are not checking for that. And that can, that can also be harmful to you. So, you know. Okay. Would just, where would you yeah. find that? How would you know? Yeah, I would look at their ethics and sustainability pages. It's usually on there. Um, and if they're certified by some of these, uh, if their fabrics are certified by some of the certifications like SA8000 or SEDEX or GOTS, you can look up the certifications online. Um, some of those certifications also require that of the fabrics that are made. So um, you might be you might be able to find that on their website. We, for example, we put it very clearly on our sustainability page that we don't we, all of our dyes are azo free. All right. Well, learn another thing new today. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say is I love that ethical, sustainable clothing is joining more of a mainstream aesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it used to be you could yeah. be stylish or you could be sustainable. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
with friends that like yours. A of my, oh, it's a pet peeve of mine. I mean, we're still doing pants, so ours are still, you know, quite minimalist and wardrobe staply. But as we go into other um, other categories, you want to have fun with your clothes. Like, why does it have to be that, you know, if I pick a sustainable brand, I can only have like five neutral colors and like these oversized fits and they all look the same, right? Like, why can't we have more fun and energy with them. I love vintage for this reason. Like that's a way to be Mm. ethical and sustainable and vintage is so fun and and you can upcycle it and, you know, has all those perks. Yeah. I mean, I I love art teachers, but that's not necessarily my aesthetic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, the big oversized fits and it is either neutrals or like wild colors. The prints are not necessarily kind of current. So I love anything we can do to bring sustainability and ethics into into the mainstream, I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. But <laughs> the last question I like to ask all of my guests is what is one thing that our listeners, what would you like them to take away from our conversation today? Just one thing. Fit and quality are underrated. They make the biggest difference in your final look. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Love it. Okay. So Neha, tell us where we can find you and your label and your fabulous pants. Uh, so our brand is Om, A-A-M. Our website is Om the Label. Our Instagram is also Om the Label, A-A-M-T-H-E-L-A-B-E-L. So we are completely online, but we do, if you're Bay Area based um, or California based, we do a bunch of in-person pop-ups and markets. So follow us on Instagram and you can stay in the loop. Fun. And I believe you have something for our listeners, right? Yes. So anyone who's listening to this episode, um, if you shop at um and use the code everyday15, you will get 15% off your entire purchase. That is fantastic. I know lots of our women are going to be heading over and, and checking out checking out your pants. Uh, any plans for shirts? Any plans for tops? And I will pass along one request that I have heard for, oh, I don't know, 20 years. A good dress shirt that fits a woman with a smaller oh, waist. Yes. 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 Yes, there is a plan to do that. Um, I will say it candidly, it's a little further down the line. Like our focus right now, we're launching skirts. And then um, I really want to get into swim and underwear um, and also jumpsuits. But then hopefully next year, sort of late next year, we can start launching some tops. Um, and I completely hear you on on the dress shirt. The length of the shirt, the way that it, you know, sort of curves in and tailors in at your waist, all of those things are important. Button gaps. I think women would pay anything to get rid of those button gaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I know my my women will wait. They'll wait for for the right thing. So <laughs> be on the lookout for that one, ladies. Make sure you head over to Instagram or follow um online. We will have all of those links in the show notes on our website for this episode. So if you're driving, don't worry about remember anything. We'll just we'll put it up and put it there for you. All right, Neha, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I gotta be honest, it's very rarely that that people share so much construction and fashion and style knowledge that I don't know. So thank you for my education today. That was absolutely incredible. And I know that our women are got so much out of it as well. So thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Did that make you want to run to your closet and count all the stitches too? Or maybe start a clothing line that solves your unique style challenges? 
I'm not going to lie. I've thought about that whole body shape underwear thing more than a few times since Neha and I talked. I love conversations like this that spark ideas and make me a more educated consumer. And I hope this episode did that for you too. If you're a curvy girl whose bottoms need an upgrade, head over to amthelabel.com. That's A-A-M, thelabel.com. And use code EVERYDAY15 to save 15% on pants that fit you perfectly. That's all I have for you today. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, your everyday matters. Get dressed for it. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening today. If you're loving the Everyday Style School podcast, I'd like to invite you to become a member of the Style Circle. It's our monthly all-access membership that gives you everything we create to make style easy so you can save time and money, have easier mornings, and more confidence all day long. You get our seasonal capsule wardrobe guides, all of the master classes we offer, and our exclusive members-only podcast, the Everyday Style School Extra Credit. Plus, you're invited to the Facebook community where you can get even more style support and inspiration. I would love to get to know you and support your style journey. It's just $19 a month, less than the cost of a clearance shirt you're never going to wear. Come join me and make your everyday style easier. Mm-hmm.